0: G'day and welcome to Is It Relevant Today? right here on Faith FM. I'm your host, Marius Jigau, and on this show, we're examining biblical concepts and ideas and asking ourselves the important question Is it relevant today? Or is it as outdated and ridiculous as dot matrix printers? Today, we will be looking at part one of the two-part show on one of my favorite topics. Is the Bible as a whole relevant today? And is there any proof that both the Old and the New Testaments can be trusted? We live in a world of fake news, miracle cures, and politicians, and it's no wonder that the basic trust we have in the things that are presented to us is rapidly becoming extinct. Whenever someone comes to me and offers me something for free, my instinct is to say no thanks and run. No one gives things out for free. There's always the fine print, which often goes something like, in taking this free cheeseburger, you agreed to donate us your left kidney at a time of our choice. No thanks. I like my kidneys. So when the Bible says to us that the greatest gift that one could ever imagine is ours and it's free for the taking, people are naturally skeptical and say things like, No thanks. McDonald's already owns my kidneys. But is there something to this promise? Is there any evidence that it's true? We'll find out just after a couple of songs, beginning with Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go from Chris Rice.
1: It's day May brighter fade This is not vain. That morn shall tearless be. O cross that liftest up my head, I dare not ask to fly from Thee. I lay in dust life's glory dead, and from the ground there blossoms rest, life that shall endless peace, life that shall
2: endless peace.
3: El Shaddai, El Shaddai, El Elyonah Adonai, age to age you're still the same, by the power of the name. El Shaddai, El Shaddai, Erechim Kana Adonai, we will praise and live you high, El Shaddai, through your love and through the ram, you save the son of Abraham, and by the power of your hand, you turn the sea into dry land to the Outcast on her knees You were the God who really sees And by your might You set your children free El Shaddai El Shaddai El Elyon Sing yeah. yeah. Messiah ought to be. Though your word contained the plan, they just could not understand that your most awesome work was done through the frailty of your Son.
0: Was Michael Card with El Shaddai. Those words are first found in Genesis 17 verse 1, where the Lord spoke to Abraham and introduces himself as El Shaddai, which means Almighty God. But is there any reason to believe that these words are true? I was speaking to a lady around three years ago and was talking to her about the Bible. When she heard that I believed in the Bible, she rolled her eyes and shook her head as if to say, really? She then went over and picked up a Woman's Weekly and brought it to me and said, You have your book, referring to the Bible, and I have my book, while lifting up the Woman's Weekly. There's no difference between them, she said. I started to think about this statement and asked myself, what is the difference? And I started to investigate. Is it possible that the Bible is the equivalent of a collection of old magazines that circulated around many years ago? Is there any evidence that there's something more to the Bible than that? We'll look into that just after these songs. Change my heart, oh
4: God Make it ever true Change my heart, oh God
2: May I be like I know. Of- May I be like you
4: Like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow Into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows Into me Like a river flowing down To the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me And like a river you come flooding through darkness run Just like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me the love of God that flows into me. And like a river, you come pouring out your love upon the field. And like the wind, you bring the harvest down to take. Touching hearts and making warm and light the sun You raise the mighty light to calm the storm Just like a river flowing down to the sea Like a rushing wind you flow into me Like the falling of the snow Like the blood that makes me whole Is the love of God that flows into me Is the love of God that flows
0: into me Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigau, and today we're asking, is the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, relevant today? What's the evidence that we have that it's not simply a book just like any other? With all the deception in the world today, why should I believe that this book is different from any one of thousands that promise happiness? So let's have a look at what makes this book different. If you would like to check any of these verses or quotes that are used in the program today, check out our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? In 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17, it reads, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The first thing that makes the Bible different from almost all other books is the claim that it is inspired of God. You can probably count on one hand the books that make this claim. This is something that makes the Bible different from almost all other books. And if it is true, it would mean that the promise it contains may indeed be as free as it says it is, as the God it describes can do anything and has no need of my money or things. But is this true? Is there any way we can verify that what it said is true? We'll find out just after these songs.
2: From the highest of heights to the depths of the sea Savior say, that strength indeed is small, trial of weakness, watch and pray, and find me not all in all, Jesus paid it all. He washed it white as snow. Lord, now indeed I find
4: Thy power in Thine alone can change
2: the leper's spots and melt the heart of. Faded all all to Him my own. Sin had left a crimson stain He washed in white as snow
0: Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, where we're looking at the things that makes the Bible different from other books, and we've just discovered that it claims to be given by inspiration of God. But what evidence does the Bible provide to sustain this claim? In the book of Isaiah, chapter 46, verses 9 and 10, we find an interesting statement. It reads, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other, I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Here, God Himself is speaking, and saying, To remember the former things of old. Now, what does that mean? Well, God is reminding the Israelites of the things that he had done for them in the past. The deliverance out of Egypt, the parting of the Red Sea, the way that he had miraculously led the nation in the past. But he then goes on to say something that only God himself can say. He says that, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Here, God gives us a way to know that He is the only God by telling us that He not only knows the past, but also what the future will be. Now this is a truly divine claim, if it is true. Today, we have people that predict the future in various ways. One such group are stock market specialists who try to tell us that they have the secret to choosing the correct stocks that will bring us a fortune. However, Princeton University Professor Burton Malkiel claims in his best-selling book, A Random Walk Down Wall Street, that a blindfolded monkey throwing darts at a newspaper's financial pages could select a portfolio that would do just as well as one carefully selected by experts. Research affiliates put this to the test and looked at the result of 100 monkeys throwing darts at stock pages in a newspaper. The average monkey outperformed the index by an average of 1.7% every year since 1964. Now I can tell you, that's a lot of bananas. Is this the same type of predictions the Bible offers? Or is there more to it than educated monkey guessing? We'll find that out just after these songs.
1: I come to you. Let
4: my heart be changed,
2: renewed, flowing from the grace
4: that I found
2: in you.
3: And Lord, I've come to know
1: the weaknesses I see in me stripped away
2: by the power of your me all. As you, live in me. As you live in me Lord renew, my, renew mind my mind As your will unfolds in my life In like living every day, every day In the power of on in the power of your love, and I will soar with you, your spirit leads me on in the power of your love, and I will soar with you, your spirit leads me on in the power of your love.
1: of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in thee let the water and the blood from thy wounded side which flow be of sin the double cure save from wrath and man. The labor of my hands Can fulfill thy lost demands Could my zeal no respite know Could my tears forever flow These forces sin could not atone Thou must save and thou Thing in my hand I bring Simply to Thy cross I cling Naked come to Thee for dress Helpless look to Thee for grace Foul I to the fountain fly Wash me While I draw. in the let me hide myself let me hide let me hide myself in thee
0: Welcome back to Is It Relevant Today, right here on Faith FM. I'm Marius Jigel, and today we're investigating whether there is any hard proof that the Bible, both Old and New Testaments, are truly inspired of God. We found out that the Bible makes this claim, and that it also claims that God knows what the future holds. So what are some examples of this, and how can we know if they are true, and not just random chance, like monkeys choosing stock by throwing darts at newspapers? The Bible consists of numerous types of writings. It consists, amongst others, of historical writings, poetry, gospels, and prophecy. According to the Encyclopedia of Biblical Prophecy, there are 1,239 prophecies in the Old Testament and 578 prophecies in the New Testament, for a total of 1,817 prophecies in the Bible. Today, we're going to look at one of my favorites, which is found in the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 26, verses 3 to 5. It reads, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and will cause many nations to come up against you, as the sea causes its waves to come up. And they shall destroy the walls of Tyre, and break down her towers." I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. For I have spoken, says the Lord God, it shall become plunder for the nations. I believe this is a really amazing prophecy. God says that he will cause the city of Tyre to be destroyed, which in itself is not all that much of an amazing prophecy. Most cities in ancient times were destroyed and rebuilt at some point in time. But what it says at the end of verse 4 and the beginning of verse 5 is what's truly amazing. Have another listen. I will also scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place for spreading nets in the midst of the sea. God says that this city will be placed in the sea. Even its dust shall be scraped and placed in the sea. Think about that for a second. Imagine that I came to Ballarat and made a prophecy that the city of Ballarat would be put in the sea. You would think that I'm as nutty as a fruitcake. However, that's exactly the prophecy that God gave through his prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel began his prophetic ministry in 585 BC. During that time, Tyre was a powerful city renowned for its timber trade. In fact, one of the problems God found with the city is that though it had become extremely wealthy, its spiritual life was wasting away. At the time, Jerusalem was in serious trouble and the city of Tyre was apparently using this towards its advantage. Therefore, this unusual prophecy was pronounced upon it. A short while later, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, attacked Tyre. Josephus, quoting records of the Phoenicians, says that Nebuchadnezzar besieged Tyre For 13 years. Nebuchadnezzar was not the only one to attack Tyre. If you'd like to review this prophecy or any other verses used today, please go to our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today, where you can leave any comments or questions about the show today. God said that many nations will come up against Tyre, which is exactly what happened. The city of Tyre was besieged and destroyed and rebuilt a number of times over the next 260 years by the Persians, the Egyptians, and finally the Greeks. The city of Tyre had a mainland city and a smaller city on an island just under a kilometre offshore. In 332 BC, when Alexander the Great was conquering the world, he came to the main city of Tyre, which lay in ruins. It appeared that the first part of the prophecy, which stated that many nations would come up against Tyre and break down her towers, had been fulfilled just as Ezekiel had prophesied. However, the city had not been scraped clean and was by no means in the midst of the sea. 260 years had gone by and it seemed like this prophecy was failing until Alexander the Great asked for the surrender of the island city. The men and women on the city apparently agreed to Alexander's terms but when he requested to come on the island himself in order to burn incense in one of their temples, they refused. When he later sent a few men to speak to the leaders of the city they were executed and thrown over the walls into the sea. This was the beginning of one of Alexander's toughest battles. He decided to attack the island city, but his navy was significantly inferior to theirs. And then Alexander had an unprecedented, brilliant idea. As this island was only less than a kilometre from the mainland, he decided to build a path through the sea. But what to build it from? He looked at the city of Tyre that lay in ruins on the mainland and told his men to take it and used the rubble to build him a path through the sea. Alexander eventually won the battle. Before refusing to surrender, the 40,000 people on the island paid a heavy price. 8,000 of them were executed on the spot, 2,000 were crucified on the seashore, and 30,000 were sold into slavery. Only a few people who sought refuge in the temple were spared. However, at the end of the battle, the main city of Tyre lay in the sea. Even the earth of the city was used to smooth out the rubble just as Ezekiel had prophesied 260 years earlier. As I stated earlier, that if I said that the city of Ballarat would be thrown into the sea, you would have thought I'm bat crazy. But when such an outrageous prophecy is fulfilled, just as God foretold through Ezekiel, it leaves little doubt that the Bible is not just like any other book, but is inspired by God himself. But is it still relevant today? Are there any prophecies that speak about events still unfolding today? The answer is most definitely so. Please join me next week where we will look at an amazing prophecy that's still unfolding in the world as we speak. But for now, thanks for listening and don't forget to visit our Facebook page Is It Relevant Today and give us a big thumbs up and be sure to tune in next week at the same time. I'm Marius Chigel, God bless and I hope you have a magnificent day.
2: saved. Oh.
0: been listening to Is It Relevant Today? If you have any questions or comments, please leave them on our Facebook page, Is It Relevant Today? But for now, thanks for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week.